Hey, this is Dr. Shervin. Muskoka Magazine is brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Please visit DairyLaneDental.com. This is the state of real estate in Muskoka. Welcome to the state of real estate in Muskoka. I'm your host, Jerry Lantane. This is a program that takes a look at the state of real estate in Muskoka. We feature helpful interviews with industry professionals, talk about local housing statistics, and offer tips for buyers and sellers of property in Muskoka. First thing we'll do is give you the stats. Today's market report is going to be covering uh, April 2022, uh, comparing it with April 2023 in Muskoka. And these statistics are brought to you by the Lakeland Association of Realtors. Okay. Um, Average price sale is down 9.3% from last year. So this shows a little cooling down in the market. Uh, Muskoka's numbers are relatively stronger than other regions in our area. So that's uh, good for buyers that the average sale price is coming down a bit. Um, New listings are down by 15.8%. Uh, This is an interesting number. It means that less homes are coming on the market this spring than last year. And that is good for sellers. Um, Inventory, the total homes uh, for sale in Muskoka is up by 75.4%. Last April, there were 411 homes for sale in, uh, sorry, in the Muskokas. And this year, there are uh, were 721 homes for sale in April, and that's offering some relief for buyers, but not a lot because in all of Muskoka, having 720 homes for sale is not a lot of inventory. Uh, actual homes sold in April is down by 20.8%. This does show a cooling down in the willingness of buyers to spend money right now, and that's a bit of a negative for buyers because because that means they're, uh, sorry, that's a, a negative for sellers, um, because there are less homes being sold than there were last April. Days on the market is up by 52.2%, and this is a negative for sellers. Last April, the average home in Muskoka sold in 23 days. This April, it's taking it took an average of 35 days for a home to sell. Another indicator that buyers are being more patient and selective about purchasing homes right now, and that is also a negative for sellers. Percentage of the original price uh, is down by 12.3%. Last April, on average, homes were being sold at about 10% over their asking price, and this was at the tail end of the COVID lockdown buying frenzy. This April, homes are selling for about 3% less than the asking price. This is a good indicator to sellers that property values are still strong and holding their ground for now. So overall, the market has cooled down a bit in Muskoka. There aren't as many buyers actively pursuing home sales as last year, and they're being a little more reserved when they do buy a home. However, Sellers are still in a strong position as there are not a lot of homes for sale in Muskoka, relatively speaking. Right now, I would say the market is close to neutral, with sellers having a slight upper hand. And uh, I'm going to say that's the market report. And we'll be back after this with Gavin McLean from Dominion Lending. Thanks.
All right, welcome back to the show. And today's guest is Gavin McLean from Dominion Dominion Lending. And we're going to talk today about um, bank interest rates, how they affect mortgage rates, and in turn, how that affects the housing market. Um, First, though, I am going to get on with the market report. So we'll do the market report, then we'll be back with the interview with Gavin. Back in a minute. Okay, welcome back to the show, and today's guest is Gavin McLean. Gavin, can you um, give us a little information about who you work for, how to get a hold of you guys, and uh, what you do? Yes, I work for the client that walks through our door at the office. So I am licensed under Dominion Lending in Huntsville as a mortgage agent, but I work for you as a person looking for a mortgage. Perfect, perfect. Now, um... Why would me, I, as a um, someone who's going to you know get a mortgage, why would I come to you guys instead of my bank? Like, why would I come to a mortgage brokerage when I can get one at my bank? So when you go to your bank, the person is working for the bank as opposed to working for you. You could have a great relationship with your advisor, but mm-hmm. they are being paid by their bank. So at Dominion Lending, we're not paid by Dominion Lending. So my incentives are more in line with yours. It's unbiased advice. So we have options to look at all different types of lenders. If you go into the bank, they're not going to tell you about the deal across the street. You're going to have to do that legwork yourself. Right. You're only, Scotia Bank's only going to offer you what their terms. Absolutely. Interesting. Yeah. So we have the option to look at all the deals on the market at that moment. If there's any specials, if sometimes the bank doesn't have the exact mortgage you're looking for, a lot of times it's not as simple as I just need to borrow this amount of money. There's complications and things that come up and different mortgages fit different people's needs. So sometimes a bank might not even be the best option. Right. Okay. And that's interesting. I'll, I'll ask you a question about that in a second. Um, so of course I forgot my train of thought. I had a great question when you're talking about the bank. So I'm going to move on to my other question, which is, uh, cause you touched on it is, uh, what are the different types of lenders a typical mortgage broker would have access to? I mean, um, Obviously, the banks. Absolutely. Right? Now, can oh, that's my question was, can you get a better deal at my own bank, maybe? Potentially. So we have, we're submitting many people's mortgages. So we're able to negotiate based on saying, we do this much business with you per year. We need this rate. They'll give us discounts off of their posted rates because we have so many You're clients. You're bulk. Right. Okay. When you go to ne- negotiate your rate, You have your bank account, (laughs) you have your mortgage, and sometimes the bank doesn't. Okay. Um, And then, of course, this I know uh, just, you know, from from experience myself as as a real estate sales rep, um, sometimes there's, uh, the bank won't deal with me because of unforeseen circumstances, perhaps I've, I've just started a new job or I have a new company and I'm only two years in and I don't have enough tax record of proof. So what other type of lenders would the brokerage have access to that a bank would never touch? Right. So there's never a simple mortgage application, whether it's your credit rating or your income type or switching jobs, maternity leave, things like that. Different lenders all have different types of verification methods. So we need to find a lender that 
fits your specific income type, your specific credit rating, your specific area that you'd like to purchase, the property type, things like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Match that up with the lender with the best rate for you. Yeah. Um, now, okay, what? who would these lenders yes. be? Yeah. So we deal with all the major banks in town. You see everything that you see, we deal with the credit unions, the banks, as well as... Uh, private lenders for certain situations, but mainly the, our go-to would be what's considered monoline lenders. These are companies that don't have brick and mortar and they only deal with mortgages. So they're streamlined to offer the best customer service. Hmm. They're not opening up bank accounts. They're just doing mortgages and they're able to cut all that cost hmm. and pass it on to the okay. consumer. So the only way to access these lenders are through uh, a mortgage broker. Okay. And then there are also situations where, well, are there, are there, is, is that then a, a sec, like I always say the primary banks are the ones we all know, the big five or whatever they are. And then secondary, is that who you're referring to as these lenders or is? Yes. Yeah. The, okay. the mortgage only lenders, they typically have the best rates because they don't have brick and mortar. They just have, you know, one office tower in Toronto. Mm-hmm. They're financed from the big banks. Like in reality, the big banks do own these companies, but they are a separate subsidiary of uh-huh. these companies. So they're well financed. They do billions and billions of dollars of business and um, they're just, you don't see them on every corner. So okay. Now, and then what's, who are the, what are private lenders then? Private lenders would be for something that doesn't fit uh, with any other type of lender. So if people don't have income that is clear to the banks or if they're building and need money quickly, some of the time it's, it's just more convenient for them to seek private financing. Okay. Um, what? Are the advantage, I guess the, the advantages are straightforward. Are there other advantages to private lenders than the fact that they will deal with uh, more unstable credit or, or, or more difficult financial situations? What other type of... The only benefit, we would never recommend a private lender. The only benefit of a private lender is that you are approved rather than not being approved. Okay. So. Then what about the secondary banks then? What are the advantages of these types of lenders? Yes, so... Not the mono lenders, as I just explained. Mm-hmm. Those are A lenders that have the best rates, but we also use B lenders. So there's something like close to 200 different companies that lend money in our market. Mm-hmm. And are they banks? Yes, they are. Okay. They are banks. Uh, not in the sense that you could open a bank account, but they're lending institutions. Okay. They're registered. Uh, these B lenders, it's called B, just outside of prime lending, they have different regulations on how they qualify mortgages. So their stress test regulation is different. They're able to extend amortizations past the 30 year maximum and it can, they take on uh, lower credit scores. It can be the difference of home ownership and not a home ownership. It's not uh, the, the number one recommendation when you come in, we're always trying to get you to a bank. And if you're, if you're with a B lender, there's a plan to get you to a bank. Right. Okay. Oh, to eventually get you up to the bank. Absolutely. Oh, okay. So right. these companies offer one, two, and three year terms. Their whole purpose is to serve get that bridge. To get you by? Absolutely. Okay. Um, and what's the disadvantage of these lenders then? Higher rates? There is a higher interest rate. Yeah. Okay. All right. And shorter terms. 
Yes. Okay. All right. Well, um, thank you very much. I just wanted to, you know, uh, get the listeners up to speed about, you know, what mortgage uh, brokers do, what types of mortgages are out there. Now, let's talk about what affects the mortgage rates and uh, their effect on the housing market over the past three years. And first, you know, what, what were the pre-COVID mortgage rates and what effect were they having on the market? And why were they so low at that point in time? Yes. Uh, so prime rate early 2020 was two point. No, it wasn't. It was three point. Like two five or something? It was uh, 3.95. Okay. Uh, Pre-pandemic. So the Bank of Canada was in a stimulus mode. They wouldn't have called that a neutral interest rate. And it... They tried to raise it, and every time they tried to raise it after 2008, there'd be a reason to lower it. So in 2016, when oil dropped in half, they cut rates again after just raising it a year before that. Because so Canada's economy was on the teeter because of the, the oil. A lot of high-paying jobs okay. were lost. So they just never got up to pre-2008 levels, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So that's why we were sitting where we were. A lot of people wouldn't consider that low from what we've seen yes. because they went even lower yeah. so at least they had room to go lower when, during the pandemic when did they start to go they started to go lower during the pandemic yes wow okay so, so that's what was set off the frenzy in 2019 Fine. the the fixed mortgage rates were between three and four percent and the expectation was rates were going to increase about half of a percent over the next 18 months gradually just as a plan to get this uh the interest rates into a neutral stance rather than stimulating the economy. And then 2020 rolls along and we have the emergency rate cuts and we go down to the lowest rate without going negative. And what was that? So that the bank rate was 0.25%, but your prime rate would be 2.45%. Hey, this is Dr. Shervin. Muskoka Magazine is brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Please visit DairyLaneDental.com. This is the state of real estate in Muskoka. Okay, welcome back. After the break, we are here with Gavin McLean, and he is from Dominion Lending. So before we went to the break, I was kind of gasping about how low the rates had had gone during COVID and that they started to go down during COVID. Um, That's funny because I I thought they had, had reached a low before COVID, but they actually drove down. Yes, January, they cut rates. They had an emergency rate cut outside of their regular scheduled uh, rate decisions, and they went as low as you can possibly go without going negative. So they were just giving money away, in a sense. I don't mean to say that, and that's my personal opinion. Right. (laughs) Um, But They were stimulating the economy every way they could. We were doing fixed-rate mortgages in the 1% at that point. And this is, okay, so if the bank, because you had mentioned that earlier, if, if the Bank of Canada was loaning at 0.25, a normal bank would lend at? Prime was 2.45. And, and that's a straight up mortgage rate. 
the mortgage rates were even lower. So that's prime rates. Uh, your variable mortgage rate would be prime minus an adjustment factor. So we saw uh, variable rate mortgages under 1%. So it's no wonder that uh, buyers came from out of the woodwork and went ballistic yes. and set off the frenzy. Yes, there was a point in wow, time man. where it makes <laughs> more sense to finance purchasing rather than renting just because the the cost of borrowing $400,000 at that time was under $1,600 a month. Wow. Okay, so the buying phenomena starts happening, and buying went on an all-time Canadian high in terms of sales records, pricing records. What were the mortgage rates? We just discussed that at the beginning of 2021. And what were the effects in terms of... Uh, was there an all-time high on mortgages being sold during the same period of time? Yes, transactions were at an all-time high. I believe that's due to the demand just for larger properties and everyone's looking for the same type of property, but mortgage transactions were at an all-time high. Every mortgage we were doing was stress-tested at that time. So although we are doing a 1% mortgage, your purchasing power did increase uh, from the rate cuts, but not as much as you'd assume just because you are being stress-tested at 5% all through 2020, 2021. Okay. So in a sense, these people were protected from such a low mortgage rate should things start to take off. Up into the 5.25% stress test, okay. which we passed in a hurry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so because I do remember they increased that almost midway through somewhere 2021, was it? You'd know better than me. Um, so the Bank of Canada and their lending rates, who sets those? So the governor of the Bank of Canada, Tiff McCollum, he has many other people that work there. So it's a team of individuals that discuss the monetary policy in our country. And then they have eight rate decisions per year where they're able to decrease, hold, or increase the interest rate. And do they, okay, so there's eight specific times throughout the year. Yes. And of course, I think during COVID, they used every one of those to, to go up by? Every single one, it went up. So it was a quarter of a percent, and then I think half, half and then one, and then 0.75, and then half, half, and wow. a quarter. Wow. Okay. So all of a sudden, um, and and they said they were doing this because the housing market was, was getting out of control. And honestly, it, it kind of, again, in my opinion, it was getting out of control. There was a feeding frenzy on buying. People were like putting in... There were like uh, some houses where had 30 offers on them and, and people were willing to pay as much as they could, I guess, because they were still getting money so darn cheaply. And that's just kept driving the prices up. I think the housing market was one of the factors, inflation being the number one reason okay, yeah. why they would increase rates and housing was just a symptom of it as well. Right. Okay. Um, so... I mean, we answered these couple of questions before, but basically... So the Bank of Canada sets the lending rates, um, and how, how does that affect the major lending institutions? I mean, they can no longer play at their old rates if the Bank of Canada ups the rate. Right. Money is more expensive. So your bank was essentially getting money for free if they needed it, and now they're getting it at 4.5%. That's the bank, and then your prime rate is 2.2% 2. 2 higher than that, so okay. we're at 6.7 prime. Okay. 
And then that's how it affects the other lenders because it just trickles down. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, can you explain to the listeners what they set out to do in April of 2022 when they started to increase the What was their main objective, really? Inflation was supposed to be transitory, and it, they determined it wasn't transitory anymore. So the main goal is to decelerate the economy, put on restrictive measures so that people won't feel so encouraged to expand business and spend money, borrow money, slow the economy, slow demand, essentially, mm-hmm. is the and biggest boy, thing. that really worked because in April of 2022, when they started you know, really putting the uh, interest rate, uh, in, the increases up, I mean, there was a point there and, and it just the door and the phones stopped at, at real estate. I mean, so it shut down with are, you guys too almost? As interest rates started to increase above pre-pandemic levels, uh, we started to having to stress test at higher rates because the rates are going higher and uh, your purchasing power was decreasing. So when you come into my office, I'll do a pre-approval for you and your pre-approval is based on what your mortgage payment is at this rate. That rate is held for four months. We have clients that if they missed that four month period, you're approved for 30% less than what you were approved for. So there was still high demand and a lot of people almost needed to purchase yeah. uh, within those four months, but uh, purchasing power was taken away and you see how it affected home prices. Absolutely. And, and, and it affected, uh, well, the market's cooled off, you know, uh, just, just listening to the market report we went through earlier on this show, the market has cooled off. I mean, in Muskoka, it's, it's, it's not as cooled off in, in as other areas, but you know, strange thing is there's still not a lot of, of inventory in the market. So, the people that are buying are still having a bit of a hard time and, and are paying close to the asking price. Um, what are the near future plans of the Bank of Canada? What can we expect for the upcoming few months? So Dominion Lending has a chief economist, Dr. Sherry Cooper, and she has advised us that as of things right now, without any new news coming into the cycle, we would be looking at a hold from every Bank of Canada decision for the rest of this year. So there'll be no increases? So they're saying? That's the prediction. Okay. So no increases for Canada this year is their estimate. Other people are saying rate cuts if if the economy goes into a deep decession, right. recession. Yeah, yeah. Then, and, um, oh, I had one last question about, Oh, darn, it blew my last question. I had, I just, because again, you know, you are saying something about that. Um, so I guess we can expect then that we will flatline for now. That's that's the prediction moving forward. Uh, the rates will sort of stabilize right now. We are hoping, we are hoping that prime rate stays the same. We've seen fixed rates come down off their top about four months ago. So when you're talking about a five-year fixed, you're looking at the expectation of what rates will be in five years, and mm-hmm. that's putting us out into 2028. So we've come down on the fixed rates. Prime has remained high and is expected to remain high for the next 12 months, uh, but th- the cuts are coming as the plan. We've seen inflation decrease, yep. so as long as that keeps coming down, they'll be able to decrease the rate. Just and, no one knows when. Yeah. And the, and, the, and the housing market, in turn, uh, should uh, stay strong and healthy here. 
in Muskoka. Well, you know what, Gavin? I really appreciate your uh, insight and what a great episode. Thank you very much for coming in today. Thank you. That's the State of Real Estate. Today's tip of the week is going to be a very simple one, and that is keep your eye on the Bank of Canada lending rates. Uh, we need to know where they're going in the next year, and that will help us determine where the market is going to go for housing. All right, you take care, and thanks for tuning in. It's time for Claws and Effects.